What's happening, my people? Hope you're doing well. You've been enjoying the recent shows. If you have, please make sure you show some love on social media. You can find me at kickback underscore Nadem on Instagram and Twitter. And for music lovers, you can find links to the kickback playlist in the show notes. But now, let us begin. <clears throat> if today you notice my voice being just that little bit deeper or more macho than normal, it's because I'm trying to flex and be more alpha. <laughs> the reason being is today's guest is the first person that's been in the studio with, well, the first person in the studio who may just be able to beat me up. And I emphasize, may just be able to. He's gone from a high school wrestler to a UFC fighter. And now he's my coach as I prepare to fight John Bones Jones in 2021. <laughs> I apologize in advance for his bad language, but ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Ramsey Nijan. Oh, thank you. I'll watch my language. No, you don't have to. I, I can do it. No, this is raw. This is raw. I grew up in a Mormon household, so. Yeah, but then you left it, so this is raw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah so how are you and doing? I used to swear there, too. I'd yeah. get in trouble all the time. I, I can imagine. I yeah. can imagine. So how are you doing anyway? I'm doing great, man. I'm enjoying quarantine. I'm a new dad, so I'm just chilling with my daughter. Just like, honestly... Think about, in your life, you have kids. Yes. Did you ever get to sit home six months, basically, with your kids? No, never. Literally never. I, like, I, I, to be honest, I don't mind it because I, I, enjoy, I enjoy being with my wife and with my children. Yeah, me too. But then some people, they, they've been trying to avoid their wife and kids for a while now. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a little bit awkward for them, but I'm in a great place, man. I'm in yeah, a great me place. too. I, I need to cut, say, tell people as well. So yesterday I saw him on social media, he had a big beard, his hair was long, he looked like he'd just been found in the wilderness, <laughs> but he, he decided to have a go for the podcast today, so I appreciate you doing that. Well, I took a shower, I looked at myself, and I was like, oh, no. and I just thought it was too much, man. I was like, I had to let it go. My daughter got a hold of it last night, and she like got her fingers in it and pulled it, mm -hmm. and I was just like... Man, I got this is too long, and I want to look at for you to do. Oh, it's hundred percent for you, dude. All right, okay. You I appreciate, get, appreciate you. You did give me a compliment when I walked in. One thing you should try and say though, because I got into heat for this. Try and say Nadum. Like, Nadum. Like Nadum is closer to what a Nigerian household would say, but people from the West don't like that. So try and say Nadum, yeah. Nadum. <laughs> yeah. Nadum, no, yeah. I like Nadum. Dude. All right, roll Anyone? with it. Do you know what? Just because it's you, because it's you, yeah. And I don't want to fight you right here, right yeah, now. Yeah, you don't want to get beat up again. I'm I don't want to fight you right <laughs> yeah, here, right yeah. now. I'm gonna correct you. I don't want to fight you right here, right now. I'm cool with it. Okay. Okay. So cool. let's talk about your um, path to this point. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. do it in stages. And the first point I want to talk about is wrestling. Were you a wrestler in high school? Yeah, I started wrestling when I was a kid. I mean, I started wrestling in high school. I wrestled Division One in college. Okay. And so I uh, started wrestling my whole life. And actually, part of the reason I started wrestling, because I was training martial arts. And one of the At guys... At the same time? Well, when I was really small, like, I was training with, like, a neighborhood kid that was a professional fighter at the time. Okay. And, like, we trained with him, and he was like, you should wrestle mm -hmm. if you want to get good. So I was like, okay, join the wrestling team. And from there on out, I was like... Oh, I can pay for college by wrestling? Like, that's cool. <laughs> that sounds like a scam. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a scam, dude. And so I went to college and paid for my school, got my college degree, and mm -hmm. just had to wrestle people. It was pretty easy. It's better than going and doing another shit. Oh, well, yeah, you could say that. Which um, which high school did you go to? Uh, I grew up in Washington State. Okay. So my high school is called Jackson. Okay. It's in a town called uh, Mill Creek, Washington. Okay. Small little coastal town mm -hmm. everybody that lives there works for boeing builds okay. airplanes uh -huh. my stepdad builds airplanes my and, brother used to build airplanes and was that like a good school for wrestling or not no we were a terrible school for wrestling really oh yeah so why how did you stay motivated then if, if so you were... our school was bad because it was a super um upper middle class right. so like wrestling is really like the 
the poorer the school is, the better the wrestling team is. Right. That's just like a fact. Yeah. And uh, we went to a very wealthy school. So I was just, I would train everywhere. Like I just hated losing. Mm-hmm. And I actually wrestled before I went to my high school at a different school before we moved. Okay. And I was part of like an elite team. Mm-hmm. So I was already pretty good. And so when I went to my high school, I was already like the best kid there or one of them as a freshman. Mm-hmm. And I was actually like a captain my junior year and senior year. And and so like... You, you just casually bragging here, just throwing in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was pretty good. I was an elite team. You know, I was captain. Yeah. I mean, I it, this. it's the same thing like when you started playing soccer yeah, or football. But, I don't, but I, don't, I don't talk about it like that. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. You're but trying it was to just grow like, your legend. I've, I've accepted I'm a legend. That's just how it goes. No, I'm not throwing. I'm just saying it was a very smooth transition. Okay. And then so like to stay motivated, I was already like in a winning, like I hate losing. So mm-hmm. I was like, I don't care. Like I, there was one time in my high school where everybody lost on my team except me. Right. Okay. So you were pretty <laughs> successful then when it came down to individually. Yeah. In high school. In high school. Okay. And then how did you pick, which college did you go to? And I was playing uh, football with my high school too. And we were actually really good. Mm-hmm. But then a lot of the kids didn't play high school because they were all on uh, traveling teams. Okay. So the best kids at our school didn't even play okay. for our high school. So just because we're both speaking English, but maybe differently. When you say football, do you mean like uh, soccer ma- or football? No, soccer. Okay. Do you cool. want me to call it soccer? No, no, no. It's completely up to you. Because okay. when you said football, I pictured you playing like American no, football. No, I've never played a down of American football in my life. Because I, I know, because I was looking at you thinking you're definitely like a kicker <laughs> or a punter or no. like the guy that comes up yeah. and squirts water in people's mouths. Like. I don't know the fucking rules to that shit. <laughs> like legitimately, like I've, you know, like when it's Super Bowl Sunday, yeah. it's just nap time for me. Yeah, that's, you know, as, as an American sportsman, I imagine that's kind of weird for you, that'll be weird to see someone that doesn't understand the game. Oh yeah, people like in high in college when we all lived together, people would watch. Like my roommates would always be like, "It's NFL Sunday," and I'm like, "You're gonna sit inside for like nine hours watching." Listen, it's a tradition. It is a tradition. So, and the, my my parents are American, so we grew up watching soccer. Right. Okay. So I, like, I respect that. Yeah. Like my dad would take us out of school during the World Cup and stuff. And yeah. We'd watch. That's, that's a big. That's a big global. Yeah. Thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So while you were at high school and all this stuff, and but you I would go older. to school and people would be like, "Why aren't you at school?" I was like, "I was watching the World Cup." And they're like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wouldn't, yeah. There's, there are plenty of, like, soccer fans in America, but not, like, the soccer fans exist outside of it, you Yeah. Say. Um, let me get back on track here. You're, you're, you're just going sideways, too, man. I'm oh, sorry, man. You're annoying me already. This isn't going to last long if you carry on like this. Oh, my bad. Sorry, dude. So, um... I, I don't go well with track. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm, well, yeah. Okay. So, um, you're in high school. Mm-hmm. You're doing well for that wrestling team, even though your team's not the best. Yeah. And in a second, you're going to make the leap towards being a professional fighter. But, but like, wrestling's an individual sport. So yeah. it doesn't matter if your team's doing oh, well. Oh, right. Okay. I thought like, you might for your school or whatever. No, it doesn't matter. Like, we all go to the same regionals, and then I would win regionals or whatever okay. place. And then you go to state, and that's how you get to state. So, okay. And then you score points for your team by mm-hmm. how well you do in an individual sport. That's what tournament. I was getting at, really, mm-hmm. about the points thing. Yeah. So when did you think to yourself that you wanted to have a career in fighting? Um... I really, I mean, when I was young, like... Well, you keep saying young. How young is young? What age is this? Like, uh, grade school, like 10, maybe. Okay. Younger. Yeah. Eight, I don't know. Okay. And then I just loved fighting. It was just fun. <laughs> this, is, this is, see, this is, I, I, told, I told my producer about you. I say, you're a really cool guy, but, like, you just wired differently. Like, yeah, just wired differently. I, I, just, I just love fighting. Like It's fun, man. Well, it's fun for you. Yeah. Because you also like to win. Yeah. So the two things go side by side, makes it more fun. Yeah. Like, I'm sure it's not much fun if at 8 or 10, you lo- you end up losing a lot of fights. 
Yeah, I'm sure it's not, but like even then it's kinda of sometimes fun, man. Just being in a fight is just a fun thing. See, this is this is without question the weirdest human being that's been in the studio so far. <laughs> but I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. So you said you thinking you want to be professional from around 10, 11, whatever. Yeah, but then I wanted to get a college degree because I was like, I want to yeah. be able to, if I ever need to fall back for some reason or something. And mm -hmm. then and then my wrestling coach in high school was like, you could wrestle Division One and get a scholarship. And I was like, oh, mm -hmm. duh. So where did you wrestle? Uh at Utah Valley University. Uh, so up. that's why it brought me out to Utah. Okay. It's the only D, uh, Division One school around here. Right, okay. And so I was like, for some reason, wanted to go D1. And, and how did you do in the D1 wrestling? I just did all right. I didn't really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Once I got there, it was more of a job. I didn't really have passion anymore. It was just, it was more, became a job, if that makes sense. Like, okay. It was super like, me and my coach would butt heads about different stuff. Um, he's super religious, and I wasn't. And mm -hmm. That was, like, a big thing. So, like, he really kind of made it a thing, and then it was like... Yes, okay. And I then you're kind of like... And then, like, your win and loss record was, like, how much scholarship you get. And right, okay. Like, so it was getting pretty serious then. Well, it's just, like... And I just didn't really enjoy just wrestling. Like, sometimes I'd lose a wrestling match, and I was like, I could beat the shit out of that. <laughs> <laughs> There are gonna be so many sound bites from this show. This, like, is, this is terrific. Like there's like, <laughs> like I legitimately more than once got kicked out of wrestling matches for like kicking someone in the head. Or... Okay, so you are like it's it's so weird to hear you talk about these things, but you're actually just a cool guy as well. <laughs> like you, I just you part I think, psycho. I mean, the problem is, is when you fight a lot, dude, you get humbled quickly. Yeah, you know, I see that. I see you get that. served a humble pie, so you just kind of have to be chill about it. So do. you... How did you go from college then to actually being able to make money from from fighting? What was the next step from you after you left college? So I was wrestling in college, mm -hmm. and someone showed up to our wrestling room. They were putting on some local fight, and they're like, hey, does any of you guys want to fight? And my whole team's like, hey, Ramsey should do it because I was, like, getting in trouble for fighting. Okay. Beat the shit out of someone on my team one time. Okay. Like, just was already, like, I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And then... Mm -hmm. Uh, it was supposed to be an amateur fight because you're not allowed to be a professional and yeah. still have amateur uh, Division One like mm -hmm. eligibility, mm -hmm. like you know yeah, what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. And so I went there, and then it was a professional fight. Found out the night of the fight, like when I was already like geared up, and, like yeah. about to walk out. And I was like, and so I looked at the promoters and like, well, you better fucking pay me then. When so, I so that's when you left. That's when you left college then. Yeah, well, I was, had to at that yeah, point. Yeah, okay. and it was, but the promoters really didn't tell me about it. I was, I agreed to an amateur fight, but the night of the fight, they're like, "Oh, it's pro." Okay, and yeah. where was that? At, it was at UVU. Oh, huh. And I fought a kid from BYU. Huh? What? Yeah, yeah. The promoters put on a fight at UVU's arena. Dude, there was probably like seven, eight thousand people there. Really? Huge. It used to be Showdown. It was one of the biggest promotions. It was just as big as like. Uh, it was bigger than when UFC came to Utah. Really? Mm -hmm. That I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. People from all over the country would come here and fight. So then, what happened next? Then after that fight, like, how did you then start to gain momentum before you uh, ended up just being in at the highest point? Uh, well, so after that fight, I mean, I had to go pro. So then I started working, going to school, and I was kind of like, what were you working? What were you working as? Uh, actually, the so after I lost my eligibility, the athletic department they hired me in the marketing department. For <laughs> right. The, okay. For, so I worked at the I worked for the athletic okay. department doing marketing. And well, stuff. you could use the facilities. 
I could use their facilities. Mm, no. And so I was there's training. There's a loophole for you. Yeah, yeah. there's my loophole. Mm-hmm. And I was still lifting. I'd still ice bath, do mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we'd, I'd bring in after hours, because I still had a key code, I would go in there and in our wrestling room because it was the mat I'd yeah. bring in my friends that were MMA fighters uh-huh. and I'd train and train and then I started fighting so like after I beat up the first guy they're like oh you want to fight and I was like well how much and then they told me how much money I'd make I was like well that's a lot more money than I make yeah. wrestling in college plus working plus mm-hmm. all this and so I was like hell yeah let's do it okay so then that spell rolled and now we get to the point where a lot of people probably know you from which is the ultimate fighter yeah I don't really understand how that worked and how you were selected for that. So can you try and tell me about that and how it basically all got towards the end anyway? Well, the Ultimate Fighter was like kind of like a fast track to the UFC. And actually, part of me, I wasn't even going to go down. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even going to go to it. And the guy that owned the gym I used to train at and the showdown, God rest his soul, Will, mm-hmm. he uh, passed away like in a car accident. He's an amazing dude. Yeah, Comes to my work and he was like, you're going to go down and try out. I was like, no, I'm not going to try out. Like, I only have five fights i'm Mm -hmm. 21 Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna get picked and he's like no you're gonna try out shows up to my work i was working as like a bouncer or something Mm -hmm. gives me like a wad of cash like hundreds and like you better go down and try out i was like all right went down tried out they liked me how'd you try out i don't understand that um it was like a casting call thing which is really weird like can you please try and explain this to me i have no clue what you're talking about right now okay so like a casting call like you know for a show Uh and they send it out and they're like hey we need people that are this size Uh because we're gonna put it and you got to have this many fights and be a professional fighter okay and they're like if you have a better record that's gonna help Mm -hmm. so there was like thousands of people that show up of wannabe ufc fighters in this room in vegas Mm -hmm. and you know I, i took the money drove down there got a hotel room or whatever show up and there's thousands of people and you stand there for hours on end and they brought us into a room of like i think like 60 at a time mm-hmm. and then they just randomly select you to go against somebody wow and no joke they put wow so it's hunger games yeah hunger games yeah <laughs> okay no idea who you're gonna go against and you have to grapple with them on your knees and no joke i'm trying out for 70 yeah i fight at 55 155 so i'm trying out for 170 pounds yeah and then I fight at 155 at the time, and I was like a lot skinnier and smaller. Yeah, yeah. And they put me up against a guy that was like 200 plus pounds, mm-hmm. and he said he was gonna do the 185, and then they like canceled it. So then he's like, "Oh, I'll try out for the 170." Dude's like 200 pounds, mm. Brazilian black belt. Mm. Right off the bat, like I take him down, and he arm bars me, mm. tapped me out, and like in front of all the Dana White, Joe mm. Silva, these are the guys that are running it, and I was like. This motherfucking fat bitch. <laughs> I just lost it, dude. I lost it. So then I, we went back and I started grappling. And you're allowed to kind of slap people when you yeah, grapple. Yeah. And I was just like, boom, hitting him on his face, like smashing him, like headbutted him a couple of times. Because I was like, this bitch is going to take my time. He's not even supposed to be here. Like yeah. he's like way too big. Like uh-huh. he wasn't going to make it. So then he's like, uh, so I just went at him like an animal and then they liked that actually. So then they said, uh, I got to move on to the next section. Uh-huh. A lot of people, so they cut half of the people from there. Yeah. The next session you have to hit mitts. Okay. So like you have some stranger standing in front of you holding mitts. And just calling out and hit this, hit Hold that. this, hit this. And I look over to the guy that tapped me out. It's like, <laughs> doesn't know how to throw a punch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I see that. I see that. So yeah, yeah. how many people do you think in that room would probably worthwhile contenders for that show? As a percentage? Uh, 80. 
Really? Everybody right. there had over like five fights or something. Right. Winning records. And there was people from all over the world, from Russia, Australia, right. Canada. Okay. And then so after you hit mitts, they watch you. If you look like you know how to throw punches, then you move on to the last section, which is interviews. And then they interview you to mm -hmm. see what your personality is because it's still... It's a reality show. It's a reality TV show with a fight yeah. tournament integrated in, you know. So, so obviously you then made it on. Who were you selected by? Um, like Dana White and right. and then did it split into two teams or something? Yeah, or so you so you get on. Uh, first thing you show up, you're supposed to fight when you get there. We show up. I thought I was gonna fight that night, and then they said, actually, you guys aren't fighting because some TV deal problem that we only have two last episodes right now. Okay. So they're like, we're gonna have you. Uh, I think there's like 16 of us. You guys are just gonna automatically enter the tournament. They had us like do a workout. Uh, Brock Lesnar was one of the coaches. You know Brock Lesnar? Yeah, everyone knows Brock, okay. Brock Lesnar. Yeah. yeah, don't worry about that. I'm, I'm not brand new. But okay, yeah. yeah. Go on. Who, who else? <laughs> well, you know what the best part was? I, did, I never watched that, so I barely knew who he was. I was, right. like, I was okay. like, okay, okay, he's some WWE. And the other guy was uh, Dos Santos, okay. Junior Dos Santos, who I was like, I want to be on his team because mm -hmm. he was like yes. a champ yeah. at the time. And so... And who, whose team were you on? I was on Junior Dos Santos. Right, okay. so yeah, you were but, happy then. Yeah, but then honestly, like, by the end of it, Brock Lesnar's coaches were, like, really cool. They're like, uh, um, Paul, like, I just drew a blank. What's the freaking name? Um, Paul. Yeah, I know no, Paul. Coach Paul. Paulson. Eric Paulson. Paulson. Yeah, so, sorry, my bad. Eric Different Paulson, Paul. sorry, dude. He actually just <laughs> sent me a message on my Facebook today, too. Right, okay. Cool. And he's, like, a legend in the sport, and he was Brock Lesnar's coach, but he didn't care. He would just come over to our team and teach us things. And right, okay. He was just okay, kind of okay. like... So he's more trying to grow the, the sport itself as opposed to solely... Yeah, yeah, he show. didn't really care about the show, the team. And then he liked me and was, like, teaching me a lot of, like, cool... Uh, catch wrestling like he's a catch wrestling legend mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that's like a style of grappling so you how does how many fights did you have to have before you got to the final uh three so it was, so literally it was just a knockout you lose you're out yeah there's literally just a 16 man tournament i was on one side and then i was fighting the other guy at the other side a guy named tony ferguson yeah he made it to the finals he's pretty tough now yeah people didn't know pretty that tough now so he wasn't tough then no he was tough then i okay. just say like people didn't really know who he was back then right okay. i didn't because i never watched anyone's previous fights but i knew he was tough because he fought one of my friends and okay. actually he was like one of my friends only lost and they right. went to war and i was like okay okay um so at the end of this this thing is it the top two get a contract or was it just the winner that got the contract no the winner gets a contract, uh, runner-up, I got a contract, and then, like, the third and fourth place people got contracts, too. Right, okay. So And there was actually, like, out of the show, there was a handful of us that were in the UFC for a minute okay. and still in the UFC. Okay, so you must have been... How did you feel then when you made it to that final stage where you knew you had a guaranteed, like, contract? Were you, were you happy relieved, or did you just want to win the whole thing itself first? Yeah, I mean, I didn't enjoy a minute of that shit. I was 21, dude, and I was right. about to fight a monster on TV. I went from... And even before that, like, I was saying I was fought on that local show of 7,000 people. I was on the undercard. Yeah. So, like, okay. all my fights, I was on the undercard. Mm -hmm. And I went straight from an undercard to a UFC main event. And I was, yeah. like, for a belt, like, for, like, a championship thing. I was, like. That's crazy. Yeah. That's absolutely crazy. And honestly, the mind fuck of it was the problem at all. Because, like, I was just too young for that. I didn't understand, you know. Right. So that's something you think, looking back, would you have just tried to wait a bit longer to try and get to that level or what? I mean, no and yes. Like, there's definitely things I would. You know, there's probably, I don't know, it's tough to say because, like, I, I love that I was at that level young and I yeah. got to, you know, like, win by fire and shit. And mm -hmm. it made me super tough. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, I feel like I know martial arts at a different level than most people. Okay. 
Um, so now you're in the UFC, you've got the contract or whatever. Yeah. There's something which I need to I need to figure out in my mind because this is me as a non-fighter. Obviously, you have something within you which is weird, so you're into it, yeah? Yeah. But most people I know aren't into that type of stuff. But in terms of other sports that people do, some people talk about how they feel nerves when they walk out into a field or they feel nerves when they're going to walk out to the event. Like, what do you feel when you, you personally, when you're walking out into the octagon? Well... That's what I'm saying. Like when I was young, it would be, I'd feel so much. I would feel like fear and anger and pit. Like I'd just feel so many emotions. I'd be like, ah, like not knowing what to do, you know, because it was such a. Yeah. But yeah. then now, like nowadays, I'm just like, as I walk out, I'm like, fuck yes, yes, yes. So you're excited. Oh, I'm pumped, dude, you know. Right. And okay. like when you're young, like you hold on to so much weird emotion. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. when you're a young man, you're like, do you think how much you think that psychological side comes into it when it comes down to fighting? Like a hundred. I mean, it's probably ninety percent. Really? So the piece. Eighty. So even if someone is technically great and they have all the other elements, if they step into the ring and they appear to have fear, you think that's going to be a bigger problem? Yes. Really. I've I've known people that are what the you know you know the same kind of athlete. Yeah. In the yeah. training room, they're just a savage. Mm-hmm. They beat anybody. I've watched people in the training room just knock out. People and you're like, who the fuck is that guy? Mm. Getting in a fight and they like freeze. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's crazy. In the uh, how many years were you were you contracted to UFC? I think like seven. What would you say your best moments were? I think one of my best moments definitely was when I fought in uh, Abu Dhabi. That was definitely a cool moment, oh, like walking cool. out, dude, and like. Was that the was that a main event, main card, or what was it? Yeah, it was a main card, or it was like a UFC fight night. But who was the top of it, or whatever? It was uh, Roy Nelson and Big Nog, right? Which okay. are two legends, and they and Roy Nelson ended up knocking Big Nog out. Like it was right. sick, dude. Okay. Like it was a sick fight, but it was like I was like the first fight on the main card, and it uh-huh. was just gives me even goosebumps thinking about it still to this day, you know? Because it was like uh, I was fighting an Assyrian kid, yeah. And I don't know if you know what an Assyrian, yeah, you know what I mean? from uh, yeah, from Iran, yeah, the yeah. Christian Iran, and I was fighting in Abu Dhabi, which is a very you know Muslim yes. place. And my name's Ramsey Nijam. My yeah. dad's Muslim, so like they're and then the paper they were like writing about it, like the son of yeah, the so son it was of more Palestine. than just the fight itself. Yeah, yeah, it was bigger and than I that, did, yeah. Well, I didn't even know because I don't even freaking speak that. You know, I used to speak Arabic when I was a kid, but now I don't speak anything yeah. or read. Like you know, and I was yeah, like, yeah. so I had no idea, and I showed up, and it was like bigger than you know me. I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And how did the fight go? I ended up winning the first round, knocking the dude out. And the guy's like, a, you know, he's a good fighter. He's still mm-hmm. ranked in the UFC. Okay, that's cool. Um, so after all those years, like you've had, you've had some, you had a good few wins. You had a few losses and stuff like this. How, um, how did you feel then when you eventually you got cut from the UFC? How did how did you take that? Um, actually, when I got cut from the UFC, it was like my own choice. Was it okay? Mm-hmm. Like we were kind of like. It wasn't like a real cut, like because I just fought. I lost a decision, which I thought. Which Is that I, the one where all the TV people thought that you'd won the fight? Yeah, and like I mean, I clearly won the fight. The guy's coach even told me that he's yeah, like, okay. he's like, you know, it was, you know, it's really. I mean, if you want to get down to it, it's it's Listen, really. Listen, this there's a microphone right there. Let's get down. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's just like. Come on, this is this is let's let's have some let's have some therapy here. Come on, talk to me. I know <laughs> no. you're looking all uncomfortable now. You're no, switching, no. you're scratching. No, I'm not like, just, just, just just talk. Come on, no, let's no, talk. I'm, I'm just sweating, you know. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's cool in here, but sure, you keep sweating. I sweat a lot, dude. Yeah, no, no, I was just fighting a dude, and it was just like a local fight, and the commissions are a local thing, mm-hmm. and I'm a you know Palestinian descendant, and like I was fighting, and uh, a lot of the judges 
were Jewish descendant. Like you could see like on their names and stuff uh, so like that. So it's deeper than that. You think, it's yeah. deeper than that. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like something, and that's kind of what sports is. Like, you know, you've probably played a lot and it comes like you get caught up in weird political shit that you don't even know if yeah, you're part very, of. Very true. Very you know what I mean? True, yeah. And it was like, cause it was like a really weird thing. And then after that, I was just kind of frustrated with the whole, um, like my whole contract with the UFC wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. And I was being offered like more money other way yeah. and then so when usada came in usada made us have to reopen our contract i was asking for more money they didn't want to give me that much more money and mm-hmm. i was like well i'm not going to sign under this whole new usada thing so it kind of gave us an out of the contract okay so after all those years of taking part in professional uh, mma and stuff like that what do you think uh, ultimately is the difference between success and failure in those sports because for me like i I, I see all the time people like running their mouths. The next thing is just a left hook from God himself that comes yeah. and just like takes someone to another dimension, basically. So like <laughs> yeah, what dude. what makes great people so great? Like what what is the thing? Um, Dude, that's what's, what's crazy. Like a John Jones, like you mentioned him early. Mm-hmm. Just the ability to show up and always perform every night is just crazy. Like just to have that ability, like almost getting in a meditative state and like have so much self-confidence, you mm-hmm. know, like it's, it's a crazy fighting's crazy and like any other sports like they're intense and stuff but fighting brings up like a lot of emotions because it's fight or flight it brings yeah. up that uh yeah for sure you know what i mean like you're in there sometimes you're looking across and you don't even i mean you're fighting just a dude just standing mm-hmm. there and you both have a shirt off and you're like damn how, this is crazy how many say with someone like john jones now how many people do you think stand across from him and fear him straight away because of his record oh everybody does really because he's that's how far ahead he is of other people yeah and his martial arts like he's a puzzle Right. And no one's been able to solve the puzzle yet. Like, right. even people that think that Dominic Reyes beat him, like, yeah, Dominic Reyes had some great rounds against him. Mm-hmm. But if the fight would have kept going, yeah. John Jones would have submitted him, and he would have killed him, and that's what martial arts is a representation of. It was yeah. like, who would have won in the long run? He kept on, like, taking him down, and he's just so, like, calm and fluid mm-hmm. and explosive. Like, John Jones is like a Bruce Lee, like, water kind of a guy. Right, okay. Right, so I want to talk about you as the coach now, yeah? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to read something off. Excuse me. (coughs) Deeper voice, pound chest. Here we go. Let's go. Alpha male voice, dude. Like like I taught you. No, I'm I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But I'll I'll be honest anyway. So um, before I started training with you, I didn't really appreciate the complexity of the sport. But then I started training with you. and Basically, every time I stepped in there, I was being humbled. And, you know... It's not just enough to just be athletic. Why were you being humbled? Um, just because the air's a bit thinner where the uh, where the place is, you know. Oh, it's just, oh. So it's I thought a, maybe you were getting beat up by your coach or something. Uh, well, um, um, it's called learning. It's yeah. Learning. It's not about you know falling off. It's about getting up, isn't it? Nah, I mean I tell that to everyone else, but you, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I just want to make sure you know, dude. How uh, do your sensei? No, it was. It, no, it was humbling because like. Most things sport related, I can just find a way to do, and I'll be all right at it pretty quickly. Yeah. And I was getting all right at, all right at what we were doing, whether it be with the striking, whether it be with the grappling, or just whatever. But when someone is just infinitely better than you are, then there's nothing you can really like do because you're te- you're teaching me something which you already know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You need to, to win. I'd need to know something you don't. <laughs> <laughs> but you're the one giving me the lessons so you can give me a lesson and even if i 
even if I do it perfectly, I'll probably still suffer. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's so, tough, man. Oh, it's so, so tough. And then the, the whole fitness system's different, whether it's a case of just striking or kicking for a long period of time or learning the like the little movements. The muscle system. Yeah, and like... or like it's not just a case you just grab someone and throw them to the floor. It yeah. could be like a five-step process to do that. Yeah, yeah. And it took me a couple of weeks to realize that because I was thought, oh, I've got him, I've got him. Oh, no, wait a minute. He's got me. Um, I was just tricking you, dude. Literally, for the, like for so many sessions. Like, I'm literally half the time rolling with white belts just to like build my own yeah. confidence. <laughs> <laughs> so if any white belts are listening, after, after we brought listen, up all this, just say, no, we're going to do something else today. fighting stuff. But, it, but hey, back to the fighting stuff, though. Part of the reason I did leave... Mm-hmm. was because the PFL was, like, offering out a million-dollar tournament. Right, okay. And so you're kind of like, and I was like, in my head, I was like, okay, let's do that. Yeah, I'll get a slice of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah for I sure. just thought of that, and I was going to bring it back to the ADHD. Yeah, yeah. Um, how did you, why and how did you actually start coaching? Um, honestly, dude, I've been coaching my whole life, basically. Like, as a wrestler, like, I always had to coach younger kids and, you know, part of martial arts is, like, my coach, Hack, uh, Coach John Hackleman, mm-hmm. he started the pit system. Like, he's he's a really cool dude, and uh, he's a good coach. And part of, like, he's always, like, part of being in a, a martial artist is, like, teaching mm-hmm. and spreading martial arts amongst your community. Because, like, even you, like, have you said how it humbled you or whatever. Every single time. Martial arts will humble men and empower women. Yeah. And so, like, everybody should really do it. Like, there's, like, in Abu Dhabi, like, we were talking about one of the great moments of my life, but... We're there. Everybody does jujitsu there. So, yeah. like, when you were fighting in every little technique, people were, like, going crazy. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, like, like real, really, understand the, really yeah. understood the sport. You yeah. know what I mean? And I, that's why, as a coach, I was like, man, people really need to do martial arts. I think everybody should be forced to do it in school. <laughs> I think that's quite strong. I don't know if everyone would sign up to that. But I, I, like, yeah. I like your thinking. I like no, your I thinking. Think, but it would stop all this bullying yeah it would empower it would stop a lot of abuse and stuff a lot of abuse in homes and things like that like especially to be fair like i think with the ufc and stuff like that and other martial arts i always used to see it as more just like a violent striking thing but then when i then stepped into it and understood jujitsu more yeah it's when i really understood why certain people are so much better than other people it's not necessarily because they've got like a great punch but yeah the way they can move their body and move and contort other people's bodies to try and find you know yeah moments like that that's but that's an incredible skill but what you're saying is like you're taking your body and you're learning how to turn it into power yeah compared to like yeah you know what i mean like i think it could change most people's lives and yeah, i think like sure, yeah. in like even in these communities that they're forcing everybody to school do it it's like yeah they're still like it's a super muslim school so like the women of course go over here yeah then, so like they still have their boundaries and stuff um what would you say you love the most about coaching Oh, man, you get to live the fight, dude. Like, you get to get in there and, like, all the adrenaline, but then, then <laughs> but I then, go home but then and go to just sleep. Have your chi- but your chin's all right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, then you go home and sleep. Your shins aren't all... Like, like after that fight at Abu Dhabi, the worst part was is I didn't get to enjoy the afterwards because my feet were both black and swollen mm. from kicking too much, and you're just hobbling around trying to enjoy yeah, the beach. Yeah. So, like, now you get to go and have that experience, and, like, after, like, court fought in Florida, I got to go hang out on the beach. And Yeah, that's <laughs> like, cool. That's yeah, pretty so cool. It's like, and, but I still get all the adrenaline, you know, like... Are there any... um? Are there any exciting people that you coach right now that people should know about? Yeah, dude, definitely. Uh, think about uh, Mitch Ramirez is going to be a savage coming up. Like, he's he's tough, man. He's just so sick and, like, 
He's just focused. Yeah. So, um, so I do know Mitch. That was a loaded question. I'm trying, yeah, to, yeah. I'm trying to big up Mitch. Yeah, you know Mitch. You know see him Mitch, at the yeah. gym. Like yeah. you see him. Like he shows up to the gym. He's like, I'm gonna do a thousand kicks today, and he'll just sit there and kick the bag a thousand times. Yeah. And when I saw him, he's just like a big smiley guy. But mm-hmm. then I'm like, he's also got that thing where he looks like a killer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Fair play to him. So, <laughs> what would you say the plan is for someone like Mitch now then? Dude, I mean. And also, as well as that, what do you think makes him special? I think what makes him special is just got the work ethic. Yeah. That's what people need. I mean, to be successful in martial arts is just working hard. Like, if you can master your, like, technique and stuff, like, yeah, you got to learn the right techniques, but you got to obviously have some athletic ability but um, to compete. But if you sit there and you have the work ethic, so he's got the physique, he's Mm -hmm. got the athletic ability and the work ethic and the mentality. And those are all the, you know, like, those are the spices that you need to make to make it and that's even like going back when i was a kid and i got picked on the ultimate fighter that's what dana white saw me like he saw i was spicy i was working hard Mm -hmm. you know i was like and honestly like being able to talk on microphones and cameras and stuff like that Mm -hmm. that's a big thing too like be able to have some personality and you know mitch is definitely understands how to talk to people like that's a huge thing like think about even in your career i wonder like like, there's probably weird social people, but it's hard for them to play with yeah. a good team. Yeah, yeah, certain, certain bits for that do exist, yeah. And same with MMA. Like, you can't get good unless you have a good team to train with. Yeah. Like, you can't just, I mean, you can train in the garage, which, you know, we all have been doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but this needs to be something. Yeah. yeah, like, how hard can you get pushed in the garage? Like, humans are, like, trying yeah. to beat each other, you know? Um so again, this is a loaded question. I love loaded questions. I'm They're gonna, easy for me, dude. Yeah, it's, I know because we're, we're doing a bit here. We're doing promo for you. Oh. This is promo for you. It's not for me. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, promo, this is for promo. you, yeah. So who would you say the most impressive non-fighter you've coached is? So someone who's not actually trying to do it for a living. Ooh, I don't know. I was like, I was like looking around and I was like, I just... Uh, yeah. I don't know, man. Because what I'm trying to get at is, have you coached anyone that's, say, maybe a big star in another sport or anything like that? Mm, yeah, I mean, I've coached maybe, oh, you don't know him. He's an American football player. It was Marshawn Lynch. He's oh, the Marshawn Jim. Lynch. Yeah. Do you know what? I was going to say, in your mind, you're probably thinking that you probably need to toss a coin to decide who's no. more powerful and impressive between no, me honestly, and Marshawn Lynch. Honestly, I would say you, Nadu. Oh, I will have to say it. Like, I don't want to give it, dude. That's me one up against beast mode. I know, dude. Honestly, because, like, dude, you just, you got more of a martial arts ability and body, too. Because it's about being, like, a John Jones, tall and lanky. Like, you're tall and lanky. You're built for fighting. What was it like uh, actually training with um, Marshall Lynch? Dude, honestly, he was the most beast mode human being ever. He literally changed the way my brain worked. Him and uh, Tariq Azim are, like, so tough. And, like, you'd be tired in a workout. And you'd be like, come on. And just be doing it. And, like, (laughs) you're like, you know, stop. And then you'd just be like, all right. Okay, cool, yeah. Well, it's funny you say that then because, obviously, based on your experiences with him, like, I I came afterwards. And, like, for as much as I really enjoy training with you, as soon as I arrive, I'm filled with dread. Yeah. And then, you know, when I leave, I feel happy, but I'm crawling out the space. Because there is no, all I keep hearing is like a ding, ding, ding in the back for like another round to begin. Yeah. Because like, I always just forget to, to turn off the clock and I don't even... But, but it's just because we keep rolling? I'm yeah. Like, this guy needs to just relax. Just relax. I can't feel my arms. Just relax. Yeah, we're going to finish with, with some more kicks. Like, ah, why? Why? Because that's what martial arts is, dude. Exactly. And you've... You well, got you to gotta make that yeah. little voice in that head that like wants you to stop... My little brother the other day just went running like 13 miles just because he's like, I have to see how far. And he's like, no, he can't walk. But he's like, he's just got to push it, dude. That's, you know, fair play to you. That's some mentality. And lots of people I know do have that type of thing. But 
also there's a bit of me that would happily stop when when we're when we're rumbling and you've like you said okay we're gonna do this for three minutes and I was good for the first minute yeah. the second minute I was like so so and the third minute I'm just curled up in you're the ball you're just laying there like I'm just going, please <laughs> like where's the bell <laughs> and then like I love when you've like sat outside the car in your car for like two hours because I can't move and you're like just sitting there I, I literally I, can't I, like, move like went out to the car like are you alright dude and yeah, you're like I literally can't move oh no I'm just uh, I'm on the phone <laughs> but I just it's so it's like it's so much fun now and I remember one time in particular there was you taught me like a new submission or something and we we're going to grapple for a period of time and I had you in a hold like in a hold whatever holding onto your uh, sides and I had to give all my power like I very rarely in my life do I do this but I gave 100% of my power <laughs> just to protect myself it was 100% and you were you were held off I was like, this is okay but you weren't getting tired yeah. and the moment I dropped to 90% it was over the overall, all I was doing was just tapping like, yeah, that's enough. That's all I have. That's all I have. I've got nothing. But yeah, it's, you took me to 100% and you felt it. But then like as soon as the endurance went, it was it was quiet for me. It well, quiet. it's crazy because like fighting and martial arts, like you got to stay calm. Yeah. I you did, know what I mean? I was fearing for my life. It was fight or yeah. flight. And, I, <laughs> and you can't ever like use any muscle. Like you got to learn how to like pick when to use muscle and then you got to learn like what muscles you're using like if i'm flexing this muscle in my arm yeah the other muscles have to be loose yeah otherwise yeah. i won't be able to choke someone and it's kind of like a weird that's a weird thing to get your head around mm -hmm. you come in and someone says right just get loose whilst you hit this I'm like, yeah well, how can i hit this if i'm loose but in time you understand it but... you understand yeah yes young young uh, yeah i get it now uh, I'm, I'm getting there now i'm getting there now so I'm, honestly I'm dude i think like my question to you do you think it'd make you a better uh soccer player um, learning more martial like if you like started training martial arts your whole life do you think it would make you a better soccer player like you just did it as one of your workouts uh, I think I'd be more aware of how my body moves within space so that would make you it would make me this uh, is a loaded question I gave you I gave you the answer you want to hear give uh, me the answer I said, it, I said it would make me better at that and I'm not going to give you any Come on, I'm fucking lobbing no, it. No, you keep you. lobbing it up. Just keep lobbing up and nothing's going to happen. But if you're a better awareness of yourself, that would make you a better athlete overall, which would make you a better Listen, football player. I don't come on here and give people plugs. But anyway, speaking of plugs, <laughs> so where exactly do you, uh, you need to dig up the place where you work and you're on the spot. The Pit SLC coming through. Where, it's, uh, where is it? In Mill Creek, uh, Utah. It's uh, 3300, 2300 East. And why should people go there? Well, we actually, a lot of the, if you have kids and stuff, our biggest program is our kids' programs. So, like, we have a lot of fitness. A lot of people that come in just to work out and they train. Mm -hmm. And, like, if you think about it, like, you're t describing how hard MMA is. So, like, that's what kind of fitness we have to do yeah. to get ready. So people do that same thing. And then a lot of, like, jiu-jitsu classes, like what you did, like, in a group setting and stuff yeah. like that. And, mm -hmm. like, um, sometimes we'll do, like, mitt classes. Muay Thai classes, which are group settings and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So it's, but really like any kind of level, all different levels. Like it's not just pro. Anybody comes in, it's mostly kids and moms. Website? ThePitSLC.com. Ah, happy days. Happy days. Right, let's get back to it. Don't we, stop talking. Stop talking. Too, too, much, too, much, too, much, okay. too much plugging now. That's yeah, enough. I hate plugging, dude. That's enough, man. Like, you should be paying me for that, but that's cool. Yeah. Right, let's get back to just talking but, UFC. We're no, not, I'll go on and go on then. One more. We're one not more. even open, dog. It's Corona, <laughs> dog. <laughs> yeah, but you never know. When this, when this comes out, things might be open. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. Let's see. Inshallah, it's Ramadan. Well, yeah, that too. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's go back to talking UFC quickly, yeah? Mm-hmm. This section here came from Phil. You remember Philip Tabet? He's the one that put me onto you. 
Oh. Don't be silent because this will Philippe. be really, Philippe, yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, so, I call everybody by their real name. Okay. So I just I yeah, call yeah. him Phil. Shout out Phil. Shout out Philippe. Yeah. I just saw him put up a pretty good shot. Yeah. Not yeah, it was very good on well, social media. Yeah. How is he pretty good? Is he a decent football player? Like, what's, Depends, he says, like, dep- Well, he's not professional. He always brags to me that he plays with you guys and does well. Yeah. He's, he's good. He's capable. And now he's, he's viral, so yeah, he's, he's, he's viral. Yeah, he's elite now. He's elite. <laughs> so this section is brought to you by him because he wanted me to talk to you about certain things about that happening in the UFC right now. He's, he's he knows UFC. UFC. He's a big UFC. Yeah, he right knows now. like a lot of UFC. So, who the last uh, event that was cancelled? Yeah, had the who was the who was the main event? Tony Ferguson versus Khabib. No, beginning Tony. with G. Oh, Justin Gaethje. And did you train with him? Yeah, I go out to Denver and train with Gaethje. Okay. And now he's fighting Tony Ferguson. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. And he's good, yeah? Yeah, yeah. He's, Gaethje's tough, man. Like, he's tough. But, I mean, Ferguson's a beast, dude. Like, for, like Gaethje is a wild card, and he wins by knocking people out. Mm-hmm. And Ferguson's a dude that just doesn't get knocked out. Like, he's eating the hardest shots out of anybody. He's eating more shots than anybody else in the UFC. Right. And he's okay. never... So, like, it's kind of stylistically, and then, like, he doesn't get tired. Right, okay. So it's like he's got the Homer Simpson defense with, like, these wild, <laughs> crazy attacks. Like, he's got gnarly elbows and stuff. So he's a dangerous opponent for anyone. Okay. I really want to see him and Khabib. Okay. Do you think that will happen? I don't know. Who knows, dude? Maybe. I hope it happens. Okay. That's the fight I really want to see. Like, Gaethje's a badass dude. Like, he's a homie. Like, we, like, hang out, smoke weed, train, and do all that. Like, he's a cool dude. And, in Denver. In Denver, in Denver yeah. yeah. In Denver, yeah. We were in Denver where it's legal, guys. Yeah, don't yeah, worry. Yeah, no, everyone relax. Yeah, everyone relax. Uh, so that's your weight division, then? Yeah, 155. That's it 155? Was, or yeah. I thought you were 175? No, I was. One, I've bounced around, and I was down 155, but I just can't do it anymore, dude. My, like, last weight cut, I almost died. So I'm just <laughs> that's, done. That's, that's reason to stop that. Yeah, it just, like, literally almost kills me. So you say your what weight What weight division would you be now if you, if you had to fight tomorrow? 170. 170, okay. Mm-hmm. So in your 170, who's you say the best? who are the best fight, fighters? Well, I, right now, Usman's the champ, and he's definitely one of the toughest fighters and he's just that's not really like a strong answer to be honest i'm saying who do you think the best fighters are not who the champion is dude i don't know man like there's just really not that many welterweights out right now like a lot of them are like kind of older mm-hmm. you know what i mean like on the end of their career like 40 old not like 30 old like is is that like masvidal I mean, Mazadal's tough. Like, he's good. Is that, is that that weight division? Yeah, I don't really yeah. know that much about it. Yeah, yeah. That's Mazadal. Like, Mazadal's definitely tough, and he's good. Like, he's good everywhere. But, like, like again, like, just, he's older. They don't have, like, that pop power uh, and stuff. Like, okay. You know what I mean? Like, there hasn't been, like, a GSP. Yeah. Some, you know, like, that's yeah, yeah. that's the real welterweight mm-hmm. goat is GSP, man. If you want to talk about welterweight goats. And why, why, why is he the best? Because he, he beat best? everybody. But how did he do it? What's so good about him? He literally fought everybody from every organization that mm-hmm. came over. UFC went and bought all the other organizations. So he fought all the other welterweight champs. The guy who gave me my black belt, Jake Shields, they had one of the biggest fights ever, and he beat him in a five-round decision, mm-hmm. and he was just so dominant. He beat Nick Diaz. What, who, what made him so dominant? He what? would just dominate people. Like, when he would fight, he would take him down at will. He would just jab. He would literally just jab and double-leg people, and he would jab them so much that their face would just be exploded with blood and right. take him down. Like, it was just like, and he would, like, leave. And some fights, like, he got hit, like, a couple times. Mm-hmm. And, but, like, as far as, like, being that consistent, like, him, he's the best welterweight. Right yep. now, the division's been, like, just kind of a... Like a crapshoot, like whoever's whoever's in there, yeah. Yeah, whoever's in there. Like, um, would you? 
So you're, you're 32 or 33? What? How old are you? 32 or 33? 32. I just turned 32. Yeah, happy birthday. Old Thanks, boy. bro. Would you ever want to return to UFC? Yeah, I'd be down for sure. Like, I'll fight. Like, my number one thing was, like, whoever's offering the most money. Right, okay. That was it. Like, I'm, PFL's dope, though. Like, they have, like, a lot of... I feel like for casuals like myself, like, I'm, you know, I'm... I'm, I wouldn't even say I'm a fair weather fan. I'm just like every once in a while, yeah. Order you, UFC, yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. But the only thing we really hear about is UFC. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. So mm-hmm. like PFL is a thing, and you could probably make a better living in there if you're a certain type of person. Exactly. But I know nothing about it. Yeah, no, and I definitely would love to go back to the UFC. Like that would definitely be a fun experience again. And like to be honest. Like, now that I'm older and more mature, I could definitely handle it a lot different compared mm-hmm. to when I was, like, 21 to 26. Yeah. Like, I was partying, like, drinking. Like, I had just too much. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was just... Yeah. Like, uh, I just uh, was excited. Um, what do you think it takes, then, to be at the top level in UFC? Man, it takes consistency for a lot of people, but then it's also, like... Dude, you just got to have the right hype. Like, you've seen these people that get the right hype. Like, you have one fight that literally all it takes is one fight that gets hyped up, and then all of a sudden you're the top dog. Right. That's all it takes is, like, that one highlight reel, really. Mm -hmm. Especially nowadays with, you know, social media, Mm -hmm. people don't watch a full fight. They'll watch a highlight reel on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So if you get get that one highlight finish and you're kind of like – and then, like, for me, like, I already have a name, you know what I mean? So it's not like – I'm just Joe Schmo out of the street. <laughs> Would you, um, what do you think is more important then to be successful in something like the UFC now? Would you say it's more about dedication, more about skill? Man, it's the balance, dude, of those two things. You can't say it's one or the other. It has to be a perfect balance. Really? That's what martial arts is, is perfect balance of your body, mind, and soul. Because, mm-hmm. like, if you have too much dedication, you don't, you don't get enough, like, you don't, you can't see out of your own. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Caught, yeah, you yeah, just yeah. a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a couple more questions anyway, because I appreciate you being out. Oh, bro, I got all the time in the world, bro. We can see <laughs> well, your talk. For... Run, I'm running out of questions, so that's why oh. I've got a couple more questions. Not because oh, okay. of time. Don't worry all about right. that. Okay, Listen, I got... just... it's quarantine, dude. Yeah, I know. And honestly, this has been super nice to see another human being, bro. You have no idea. Yes, six feet away, though. Yeah, six um, feet away. <laughs> right, so here yeah. we go. So now you have to create the perfect fighter based on strengths of fighters who already exist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. But so we're talking about things like, say, someone's uh, jujitsu ability to someone's just chin, to someone's toughness, to someone's endurance. Like, how would you make up that that fighter? I'm going to write this down. You're going to be held accountable. Okay. Like, definitely John Jones's range control. Okay. Carry on. And awareness. Mm-hmm. With a little bit of Khabib's wrestling. Mm-hmm. And then you're good with just those that's two it. things. That's, that's all, you, all need. you need. Yeah. If you, honestly, you could even just cross out either one of those, and either one will work. So you don't. So you don't need someone with a tough jaw. You don't need someone with like massive hitting ability. No, man. Like if you got good control of the space and awareness, and you just kind of jab and like, you know, uh, kind of control them, and you kind of kind of win. And if you can't do that, then you could just be Khabib and just maul them. Okay. So Us- Usman's kind of like a Khabib at 170. He just mauls people too. You know. Right, okay. So you, there's literally no concern whatsoever for someone that could just have, like, the a hand of God to people's faces. Yeah, I mean, that guy's got a 50-50 chance to hit you, though. Right, okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if look at Khabib. He uh, fought Connor, who's got that left hand of God that, like, 
he knocked out Jose Aldo. Yeah. And he's like, and if he puts that left hand on you, yeah. it's over. And it might be true, but then Khabib just went rah. And yeah, then it's just like, went over him, yeah. yeah, and then that's literally like a bear mauling him, and then eventually choked him out. So like, like all those other things, you don't, like yeah, like there's, I'm, just, I'm just gonna I just scrub them all out. What this shows what? how little I know about the thing. Let me see what you said. No, I, I want to hear it. I no, said nothing. I see it. Give Listen, you relax. If you want these, you have to fight me for it. I'll fight you for those. And, and you don't want that. Where you had like TJ's something on there. <laughs> TJ Dillashaw. <laughs> Absolutely. Not oh. absolutely not. No, I just had I just had like let me hear yours. No, I didn't because I, I I haven't watched enough to be able to create someone, but I was creating yeah. like attributes. So whether it would be someone of a certain like size or someone of a certain speed, well, like type endurance, John and stuff Jones's like that. size, yeah, and speed for sure because like he's tall, lanky, yeah. So that's why he can control the rat uh, thing, yeah. Uh, speed, dude. I think, and then you need Ferguson's chin. Yeah. Ferguson just has got the chin, like. Yeah. But if honestly, like that's what I'm saying, like one whatever your attribute is, you just learn how to build your game around that. Yeah. Whatever your like game is, like oh I can do this, like Court McGee, he could take someone beyond their ability to even get tired. Like he did a thousand pull ups the other day, like that's insane. Yeah, that's too many. That's too many, right? Yeah. Like that's yeah, that's nine hundred and ninety too many. Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah, one hundred percent. I'm with you. I'm with you. But like. He goes and fights people, and he just gets them so tired that he just mauls them. Same thing, you know? And then, like, whatever, like, your ability is, like, yours is natural, like, length and explosion. Yeah. So you'd have to fight, like, John Jones, keep people at the end of your punches to you use know, your range. Every time I step on the scales and I see my weight and I think about what division I'd be in. How much do you weigh? <laughs> Two or five at the minute. Oh, damn. There yeah, you exactly. go. That's... Are you staying lean during this? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Are you working fair. out? Yeah, we, we do team workouts and stuff. Oh, on, do you? On, but not together like on zoom and we oh. got we got stuff zoom? from yeah we got yeah do you so, like it it's different it's different i've yeah. never i've never done a 30-man workout well on like a, through an ipad before yeah and like i've been doing online zoom classes for kids you know yeah. and i'm kind of curious like because you're on the other end it's, now it's i think it's, it's different it's different i think if i for me having the three kids just around like is it's because i have to I have to, t- I have to leave them mm-hmm. to do it but if i was um if i was single or i had time like Maybe sometimes I look forward to more. But then again, it's good to see people. Yeah. As you say, that's the big deal. And to like see a lot of everybody. people as well. Um, but so, like as far as the workout, do you feel like you're even working out? Or it's kind of like... I think it's more so about not... You could possibly gain certain things, but overall it's about not losing. So yeah. that by the time we get back, you know, yeah, you don't have true. to take two steps forward just to get back to where you were. You know what I mean? Yeah, and well, I've been gaining strength. That's been my focus. That's, that's dude. easy though, because you were weak before. Yeah, yeah, that was weak before. Yeah. But why don't you gain strength, dog? Like when you get strong. We don't. We don't. I don't have equipment at home. You want to borrow some? No, I don't. <laughs> I'm happy I'll, just relaxing. I got some, dude. Let's get it, dude. No, no, no. You you stay miles away could, from where you I are. If I could get that martial arts mindset in you, dude, you'd be so savage. Maybe, maybe you know when I, I mean? maybe when I'm finished playing, I'll I, that'll be my thing. I had a weird question for you though. Go on then. So. uh where is your family from again? Like, what was... In Nigeria. Nigeria. Yeah. What's, like, Nigeria's, like, culture background? Like, is it, like... In terms super, of what? Are they, like, super religious or, like... Yeah, it's a very religious place, yeah. But it's kind oh. of split in two, though, because it's... Uh, like, what it's, religion do It's they... Muslim North and a more Christian South. Oh, so it's, like, Muslim, Christian both? Yeah, but I think there are more Christians than there are Muslims, yeah. That's crazy, dude. Yeah, yeah. Did you grow up in, like, any of yeah, that? Grew, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, grew up in, um, essentially, a Christian household and all oh, that really? stuff. You know, that's that's the culture that's that's who we are yeah like so, your family lineage and stuff yeah yeah like yeah that's it basically like fully 
as for as much as I speak like this and I was raised where I was raised, like yeah. all my blood is Nigerian. Yeah, for sure. Mom and dad were Nigerian. Everyone extended out was Nigerian and born in Nigeria. You know, there's no mix of anything. Like the only mix yeah. now are with my kids because they were born in England. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, but ultimately, for sure. ultimately that's it, yeah. But you've that's a good question. But now let me ask you the most important question, and this is the last question. Yeah. Oh, dude, we're just starting to get real talk. No, we're though, not. Yeah. We're not. I'm dude, sick of you. You go back to your I was quarantine. Just, well, I or whatever. feel like we're getting real talk now that we're like. This is the real question. Because I was actually curious, really, oh, about that. Like, I didn't know because remember you said I was allowed to swear on the first one, so I was like, hmm. no, 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 no. I was just trying to be polite oh, because yeah, I know yeah. like certain kids might be listening. Oh yeah, yeah. But ultimately, like, I am an adult, so yeah. these are the adult conversations I have. Not all. Yeah, for sure. Um. So this is the serious question. I'm ready. Okay. So with everything that's gone before you, it feels like fighting slash is is slash was in your DNA. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It probably still is now. So by extension, you recently became a father. Yeah. So would you want your daughter to follow in your footsteps? For sure not. Like I would never want her to fight. Why? I want her to learn martial arts. I'm. A, she know she'll learn jujitsu, self defense. She'll know how to fight. But no, never. I would not want her. And then she can compete in jujitsu. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't want her to fight. Why? It's, it's a violent sport, man. But you love it though. Yeah, yeah. But it's made for someone like me. It's not made for my daughter. <laughs> my daughter has a different life than I had. You know what I mean? Like she's growing up in a home with like different parents in a different environment. My dad was straight from Palestine, came to America, like legitimately. Uh, was a child soldier in the mm-hmm. PLO. So like, that's why fighting was what we did. Like from a kid, we would train and fight cause he was a child soldier. So that's what he knew. So I was doing push-ups, swimming, like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. with an immigrant father, mm-hmm. that's a lot different of a situation than like, uh, yeah. I know, you know what you're saying. Yeah. You're saying. And so- like, and for me, fighting is just a lot. It's like something that someone has to find on their own. And I don't think like, it's necessarily a generational thing. Like jujitsu can be. Yeah. But as far as fighting, it's very random. That's, that's do you know when I wrote the question, I had a feeling you were gonna say that. Oh really? I had a feeling. Because even though even though um you're very good at it and you do kind of love it, mm-hmm. I think you still see it in a particular way because it's violent. Yeah. And yeah. ultimately I don't know, maybe this is wrong, but if you would have had the choice to have the fighter's mentality in your mind and to go and fight or to do something else that didn't involve fighting, I feel like you would prefer to not have that thing in your head where you want to fight. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, then that's like definitely, like, I mean, you want to get down, like a lot of people in martial arts, what brings it out is childhood trauma. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, in some a course in my life, you know, my parents were divorced and or whatever, and mm-hmm. like, whatever trauma happened to me as a kid i don't even fucking think about it but it changed the course of my life i was wrestling fighting training and playing soccer a lot like i was really yeah. good at soccer as a kid allegedly, as well. allegedly, allegedly yeah allegedly. i'm not good anymore <laughs> i suck shit. i'm i'm shit now like, yeah you know I get what you. i mean okay and I then understand. like you know and then i chose martial arts because like i was bullied a lot in school and like i think that was a big reason is when i started learning more into fighting I could actually defend myself and I wasn't, you know, getting yeah. picked on anymore. And I could, and that was a huge factor. And then like, that's what really probably changed my mindset. Like, you know, like where I was like, oh, and I don't want my daughter to have that same mindset. It's like, you ever heard Mike Tyson say, your kid's going to fight and he laughs. He's like, no way my fucking son's ever going to fight. Like, yeah. but Mike Tyson grew up in a different environment. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like fighting's weird. It's in it, but jujitsu heals all. 
Yeah. Like, if you do jujitsu, whatever you're, everybody has some trauma or whatever in their life because nothing ever happens the way that you expect things to happen. Yes, yes, yes. And then so if you can do jujitsu, like how you learn, like you're so tired, your body goes into fight or flight, it brings up emotions and you can release them then go back into your day. And if someone cuts you off, you smile and wave because you're like, I just fought a bear. Yeah. And then if you're, and like even on a deeper level for women that have done jujitsu, I have like different students that have been assaulted, you know, like sexually abused, very violent and all different things that they couldn't even go around men yeah and they start doing jujitsu and they learn that change their body from a victim body Mm -hmm. to a power body like my my legs opening isn't me being vulnerable that's how i submit someone yeah off of my back i can do a b and c and break your arm and do this and the different stuff so it really changes a mindset and that's why when i say everyone should do it they should really do it and if someone wants to fight you you're like okay it's not a scary thing anymore. Yeah, that, that, that's that's really cool. That's, yeah, I, I really and I was, rate that. And I'm an eccentric kid. Yeah, Middle Eastern growing up, post 9/11 in a small town in Washington. That's 99 percent. Yeah, white middle class people. I'm sure you were on this on this impression. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sure so impression. like you know, I had to learn how to fight. And then when people eventually, I got so good and it was so fun. People would be like, "Oh, I'm gonna fight you." Like, okay, let's do it. And then it'd be like, which is the scariest thing going, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it's just the scariest scariest thing. And I'd be excited, like, yeah, you want to fight? Hell yeah! I've been looking for someone like this. That that reminds me of like when I used when I played, and there'll be certain people on the field who were like tough. They think they're ten men getting your face, like, oh, which thing you're doing? Ah, Yeah, yeah, pushing you, pushing you, pushing you. But then in my life, I've only really come across two or three people where they push you on the field and then they meet you afterwards. And then they'll fight you. They're the ones. Shout out J. Emmanuel Thomas. They're the ones. Nah, you don't want to mix with those guys. Yeah, yeah, because they actually want to fight. Yeah, they, they mean it. Yeah, they, they mean it. So just relax. <laughs> this isn't this isn't just a game anymore. Yeah, it's deeper than that. And that's like you know, even with a lot of these fighters, like people love that about like you know yeah. Mazadal. Like, yeah, he's one of those sure, guys, yeah. and Usman's one of those guys. And yeah, Khabib, for sure. For they're sure. just one of these badass dudes that. And like I feel like I'm. If someone wants to fight me, like hell yeah, I'll fight you, dude. That's the last thing I want to hear. Yeah, I'm just I'm just here to like posture and be like, ah, oh, do you want this? And I want to say no. I say yeah. cool, fine. You yeah, stay you don't to fight yeah, yeah you don't want this hold yeah. me back somebody hold me back i'm like oh dude i've been looking all week man like <laughs> psycho I'm like, I'm like i hope i hope you uh you want mouthpieces no like what do you just want to... okay yeah so anyway i want to say thank you for coming on oh thank you dude I'm, this is fun i'm glad you found the time to come and do this this was this has been really really interesting and it's different it's a different type of guest to normal on the show because you're the first psycho to see it yeah yeah psychopath yeah and to be honest i have a feeling you're not done yet and I certainly won't be betting against you in 2021. Ooh. But I like that. In 2020, I'm gonna be putting you in an armbar. <laughs> no so way. So just make dude. sure you know and make sure you stay ready. Check your shoulder every few minutes because I could be there. <laughs> All right. So thank you for coming on. Let's also say thanks to uh, the main man producer Ryan Hale in the back. Thank thanks, you to Ryan. thank you to Mountaineer Studios, Draper Utah, and listeners. Remember, it's Kickback underscore Nadem on Instagram and Twitter. So please reach out, share the episode if you enjoy it. And uh, yeah, till next time.